Welcome to another episode of Infinitely Prefer a Book. Today, I'm joined by my friend Sang to discuss To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han. Sang and I met when I lived in Columbia, Missouri for my husband's med school training. Sang and I were in a book club together. Sang, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to chat with you. Just for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself. What is going on in your life right now? I know you're super busy, so what is keeping you busy lately? Oh, goodness. You know, I feel like it's nothing so special. Just like, you know, the usual, like trying to live my best mom life. (laughs) No, but I mean, it's fun because we are, our family is in a newish city to us. We moved, you know, about five and a half months ago. And so like life, just like we hit the ground running because it was right before school started and everything. But I still like, I feel like we're still settling in, in a lot of ways, but, um, it's been good. Like the kids are doing awesome in their schools and, um, we are loving meeting new people left and right. And, um, just like finding out all that this city and area has to offer. So yeah, staying super busy with all of that. <laughs> plus yeah, the that's rest. So great. Yeah, yeah. When I found out that you had moved, it was just like right after we had moved. And I was so surprised because you guys have been talking about trying to find a house in the area that we were in. And so when you, when they said you had moved, um, I think I was still on a book club email list or something. And so I got the notification and I was like, yeah. what? I oh, I know. That. Isn't that the best when you can like stay connected and yeah. get little bits of news and get the good book recommendations? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, it did. It happened really, I mean, it happened fast. Um, we had talk, been talking about moving for some time and had had some offers and options that just didn't quite feel right. You know, like they sounded exciting and they were in cool places. And we had been considering Kansas City for a while just weren't like so sure about it. But then um, a job came along and it was, gosh, I think it was like the end of June. We like did this all in a month. It was insane, Catherine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because we had <laughs> we had thought about moving in March and then we were like, okay, no, we're not taking this job. We're going to stay. We're going to settle. We're good. Like life was good. We really had it good in Columbia, yeah. you know? And then um, this other offer popped up. And we got kind of excited, like, uh, is this what we've been waiting for? And yeah, we like went on vacation right after we got the offer and we came back and we're like, what are we doing? And so Devin accepted the offer. And then we had like literally, you know, four weeks to just pick up and, you know, resettle. And (laughs) yeah, it was pretty crazy, but it, you know, all worked out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm glad it really worked out for you guys. I mean, that's just such a, moving is so stressful. I know um, even us, we had quite a bit of knowledge beforehand that we were moving. It's still just yeah. such a, such a chore. We don't have, you know, we don't have any kids to pack up and move. Right. Well, um, I, I think we had it in our minds, like we're not going someplace foreign to us. I mean, we were like, you know, two hours away. We've been to Kansas City before, you know, like mm-hmm. this isn't that big of a deal, right? And um, no, 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 no. It's like an upheaval. You just start over. So it was, yeah, it's had its challenges and we still have plenty of boxes in our basement <laughs> that are just, you know, <laughs> patiently waiting for us. But... That's, that's great. Yeah. How have you guys settled in? We've you... been really good. Yeah. So actually, I have some big news to share with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm pregnant. I'm about. Oh yes! <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, sorry. Like, don't scream in the microphone, right? But, oh, yes. Catherine, I'm so happy for you. Good thanks. <laughs> oh, what a yeah. fun way to hear about that. How are you feeling? How far along are you? Yeah, so I'm actually quite far along. And we haven't, we've been telling people kind of slowly. We, most people know now, but I'm actually 33 weeks pregnant. Oh, so I'm, girl, you are I'm in a good ready. place. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, it's really exciting. And I've, I've had a really healthy, um, not sick pregnancy. So I, I, I know that that makes people jealous, but I'm happy to report you know that I have been sick. So, uh, you know, I was the sick girl and that makes me so happy for you <laughs> because <laughs> I'm like, that is amazing. Like, it's so wonderful to know that that happens for people <laughs> that they can just have like a free and clear yeah. yeah time, especially since like, have you been able to keep working and everything and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've cut my job here. Um, so the job's been really good and they're really a great fit for me in terms of just the, I like doing the work and the people are really great and it's a really chill atmosphere and I feel like everyone's like really supportive and stuff. So that's really good. Well, that's amazing. That sounds like you landed in a really great place for that. And yeah. oh my goodness, <laughs> <laughs> this is so fun. So do you know what you're having? We're having a girl. Yay! Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. So we were actually at the store tonight just picking up lots of things that we needed. <laughs> and so. So fun. So fun. I cannot wait to see your little baby girl. <laughs> Are you throwing around names? Are you waiting on that? We're kind of yeah. waiting on that. So we'll see. We don't know. We kind of thought we had a name and then we, we took it back. We were like, maybe we should go back to the drawing board. So we, I think we'll kind of wait till it's official before we yes. get all, all our ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, I get um, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. so excited for you guys. That is really, really happy and fun news. Oh, <laughs> good. How's John doing? How does he like everything down there? Because how different is the program there? It's just doing his clinical program here. So he's really liking it. There are a lot of really great physicians that he's working with, and they've all been super just like helpful and friendly and willing to teach people. Yeah, I think that's just like something he really enjoys is kind of how willing everybody is to answer questions and all that kind of a thing. So he really enjoys it. He's currently doing pediatrics and he's been sick pretty much the whole entire rotation. Because oh, no. <laughs> little kids are like sneezing and coughing in his face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's probably that's probably good training for him that's a good then, point <laughs> yeah. so he'll be on surgery rotation next he's he's coming up on surgery so oh, wow will yeah. that be crazy hours for him I think it will be early hours we'll see it'll be right along the same time I'm taking my maternity leave so hopefully yeah he yeah hopefully it works out and he can you know yeah, that maybe it will maybe it'll be at least good that we'll be occupied here at home and he can just get his hours in and then come home and hopefully have time for the baby but kind of it's one of those things there's never a really good time to have a baby um, oh but... it's so true yeah <laughs> so there's no ideal there yes you will figure it out make it work <laughs> and yeah. have you found a new book club in kansas city i did i found one pretty quickly luckily and um it's it's fun it's pretty similar um in a lot of ways to our book club back in columbia mm -hmm. um a lot of kind of younger moms a lot of stay-at-home moms and yeah um kind of like a girl's night feel and uh -huh. um it varies in how much we discuss the book but there's <laughs> always lots of great conversation and um I'm liking the books we get a fun variety and so yeah that's a lot of my well uh that's a chunk of my book list for the year mm -hmm. that I'm hoping to tackle but yeah but it's good there's actually um 
do remember that I had a few book clubs back in Columbia. Yeah, you yeah, you <laughs> you also collected book clubs. I think like, you both did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, kindred book club people right here. Yeah. yeah, so um there's one I'm trying to bust into. It's a group of older women that I go, oh. <laughs> some I go to church with and I keep on hearing that it's kind of exclusive, but I'm oh. like, I that makes me want in even more, you know. <laughs> I just love like the differences in book clubs. Like I love when people have like funny feelings about the book or if mm-hmm. people hated it or strong right. feelings or just like mixed yeah. feelings I'm like oh yeah we're gonna have a good good talk tonight and, <laughs> yeah. and I feel like the more variety you have in you know the pe- type of people that are there the more you know viewpoints and the more we learn and anyway so yeah I yeah I that helped a lot moving here to have a little circle to um chat about books with and you know to have that avenue for making connections with people it's been that's good. really cool yeah how yeah, about think... you did you stick with your library book club you were telling yeah, me about I'm before I'm sticking with the library book club so far you know there wasn't a book club that we found through church here I've had a couple long distance book clubs but those have kind of gone on pause as people have um their lives have gotten a little bit hectic sure and crazy but um, I'm still with the library book club and it's pretty good. They choose books I would never choose, which is good for me because um, I've just been kind of in a rut of like reading fluffy romance novels, which is not bad. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I do love my romance novels, but it's good to get have an incentive to read something else because I do enjoy reading other things. It's just when I go through the library to find what I want to read, it just feels like so much effort to try to pick something heavier <laughs> and so right I don't know it's just kind of where I am right now so it's been good I'm reading right now we're reading it was an interesting book um it's called the world's strongest librarian it's a memoir oh um his name is Josh Hanagarney and he's a librarian who lives in Salt Lake City and he has Tourette syndrome <gasps> and it's just really interesting he kind of talks about his journey with Tourette's He's also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. And so he talks about that kind of faith journey. So it was just really interesting. Like, you know, it'll be interesting to, to talk about, it, I think, yes. next week oh. or the week after as our book club. So. Okay. I want to follow up to that because, yeah, I feel like there are a lot of things that you said that, like, draw me to that book, that things that I feel like I could relate to and would love to hear his perspective on. Sorry, tell me that in, again, because I literally have my book list right here, and I'm going to write it down. The world's It's called what, The World's Strongest Librarian. Strongest. Okay. And I guess he has a really popular blog, but I've never, it's not popular enough to, you know. Oh, sure. have me invited. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but, um, but I guess it's a, he has a blog. But it's a memoir. It's really interesting. It kind of talks about, yeah, just his life and his experience being a librarian, some of the kind of interesting experience he has as a librarian, but then also, like, it just, it he details his whole growing up experience and how he found out he had Tourette's and the impact it had on his life and everything. So, yeah. Oh, that is very cool. I love memoirs. And then do you remember that Chase has Tourette's syndrome? And so I actually have a book I'm picking up from the library tomorrow that is a, a similar. It's a, it's a memoir. It's called, um, front of the class, I think oh. something like that. Um, but it's the perspective of a man and his experience growing up with Tourette's syndrome and, um, he said, oh, I think he becomes a teacher. And he says, the teacher that made me want to become a teacher so that I could be the teacher mm-hmm. that I needed. Yeah. And, you know, and um, try to, you know, reach out to kids and students according to their specific, you know, personalities and needs right. and such. So anyway, I'm excited to read that. But 
Chase has actually, um, our, our oldest son who has Tourette syndrome, he's been, oh, I guess over the summer, he got really excited about a book series called um, the Michael Vay series. Hmm. It was written by Richard Paul Evans. Have you heard of him? Yeah, I have heard of yeah, him. Yeah, because he's a member of Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, too. Mouthful. And um, <laughs> he uh, is, I feel like he is well known for his Christmas stories. I think he has one yeah. called, like, The Christmas Box or something. But Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, But I didn't realize that he has Tourette Syndrome. And so he wrote oh, really? this story about this, um, I think, like, young teenage boy who has like these superpowers, he, he discovers this and he knows he has Tourette syndrome and kind of, you know, how he navigates this. And then there's like this adventure involved. And so that's been really fun. And so I'm excited to read this memoir and see, do you feel like any of it is like, could be age appropriate for him? I'm just curious because he um, loves having that kind of connection. <laughs> is it a little beyond say him? There is, some, there is some language that would not be age appropriate for him. Oh, <laughs> um, well, he is in middle maybe, school now, so. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Um, there's definitely, you know, he kind of details his high school uh, dating years in ways that you might not oh, okay. <laughs> know about yet. Um, yeah. Maybe save that one for when he's older. Yeah. But there might <laughs> but, be yeah. some point, there might be like a chapter or something you have him read or something or an excerpt maybe, but I don't know. It's definitely geared towards adults okay <laughs> yes no good to know just because I wondered like with the librarian thing because Chase loves to read like he devours books and so yeah, yeah but we'll save that one for time and place yeah. <laughs> for him yeah, nice no, that's... oh that's fun so yeah I love that when you have a book club and it you just like these titles come up you're like oh how did you hear of that like that's so fun I feel like sometimes I just go to like Goodreads or whatever and mm-hmm. find these top lists and keep on hearing of like where the crawdads sing. I'm like, ah, oh, got to read that one eventually, right, you know, right. but then there's, <laughs> I love the books that seem like obscure to me. I guess this one isn't ob- obviously too obscure if you're in the right circle with right. his blog and such. But anyway, so that's awesome. Keep, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to keep bugging you for all of your, <laughs> <laughs> well, of yeah, your fun I love, book. I love learning about new books and, and I've, I've just been kind of in like a adding books to my to read list and not really reading them lately. Oh yeah, um, I know that story. <laughs> but I I hope that it's just I think part of it is like I have a little bit well a little bit ha huh? I probably have a lot of anxiety that I'm not really admitting to um, about the pregnancy and baby and so I think it's just like it's easy it's it's just easier to read fluff because it takes my mind off things. Yes. Um, so I think Which, that's, I'm hoping that eventually I can get back into not being so anxious about stuff, but who knows, uh, you know, <laughs> you know what? I feel like that's the beauty of books though, is that how they can be such a lovely escape from yes. what's in the moment. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like it can be quite productive too. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, reading is good for our brains in general, regardless of what, you know, kind of genre it's, you know, you're still reading, yeah. you're exercising that. Right. And, I, I think yeah. I used to be a little ashamed of my my romance reading like it wasn't as, you know, it's not as highbrow or whatever. But now I'm just like, no, it's what I enjoy. And read, I, read, I read to enjoy things. And I do enjoy learning about things. But I also enjoy being entertained by silliness, too. So I think right. it's okay to enjoy all of it. And I do too. Don't we all? I mean, isn't that basically TV? And I mean, if yeah. someone's gonna, if you're gonna watch TV or read a book, like, wouldn't you want to kind of think that le- reading a book might be just a little bit more. Yeah. At least you're know, using a different part of your brain. That's and what I mean. Yeah. You're engaging exactly. more, you know, yeah. so it may be yeah. the same content, but it feels, you know, like I'm doing something more healthy. So but, is there anything else that you've been reading lately that you've been enjoying? In the very most recent months, I haven't really had a lot of time to read. I Last fall, um, I did a lot of reading. 
Um, it was actually from your book list. It was um, oh, right. your podcast list. I was so excited to hear what you had coming up so that I could um, definitely have someone to, you know, yeah. get some other perspectives from. So I read, <laughs> let's see, I read um, Station, not that many yet, but I still plan to read them all. But I, <laughs> um, I enjoyed Station Eleven and I read The Orphan's Tale. Oh, yeah, I started Interpreter of Maladies. Because okay. I had read that one previously, and I remember loving it, but I did not remember any of the stories. And I mm. feel like I was starting to read that one, and it was getting kind of close to the holidays. Mm-hmm. And some of those are kind of like, at least the first one for sure, kind of feels like it's so well written. But mm-hmm. it almost felt a little sad, but with yeah. like kind of a tragic twist, but, you know, yeah. but um, so wonderfully laid out and in such, you know, a short, condensed. Yeah, so I love those books, but I remember thinking like, I think I'm going to read, I think that was when I picked up this book that we're going to talk about (laughs) because I wanted (laughs) something something light. light. Yes. Yeah, I totally hear that. And and you're putting me to shame because I haven't read any of those books that you mentioned that are on my list. Oh, podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're funny. No, you're going to, you picked a great list. You're going to highly enjoy those and you will get to them and they will be all in good time. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. Do you mostly read with like an audio book or ebook or do you get physical copies from the library? What's your typical? Um, well, as far as audio books go, I am like the age old old story of the person who's like, I'll do the free trial and then cancel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Still have it. <laughs> and still have like lingering credits and a bunch of books that I haven't even started to listen to. So I did it. It took me a while to get into audiobooks. I've always loved physical copies of books. Mm-hmm. I just like the feel of the book in my yeah. hand and I like to take notes and I have to like catch myself if I'm reading a library book, like don't underline that. And although <laughs> my grandma is the same way and in her older years, she's in her late nineties and she's still, she doesn't care what book it is or whose it is. She just like marks it all up and then sends it back to the library, which I think might be a treat for the next person. But (laughs) anyway, so I, yeah, I love physical copies of books. I think mainly though, because I can set my pace with reading. Like I find myself getting excited about something and jumping ahead to see what happens, but then I want to go back and see what I glossed over really fast so I could get to the good part. (laughs) Um, Just like in one page, you know, or, you know, and then sometimes I just like to read slow and savor the moment or the Mm -hmm. setting and so I really love a physical copy audiobooks are like my new thing if I'm ever on a road trip like I feel like living in in the midwest it's so easy to be like oh let's just drive Mm -hmm. you know a chunk of hours and find a beach or find the mountains or you know go to a big city and so last fall we we took a couple road trips and um, I listened to this book actually partially on audiobook and I'm realizing that audiobooks for me, it's like the reader is everything yes. for me. Like the yeah. story can be fantastic. And if the reader is, you know, just like mm-hmm. I'm not click, not their voice isn't quite clicking yeah. for me. I can't do it. But then if there's, I even ended up listening to a book that Tom Hanks mm-hmm. recorded. It's, um, and I think it was a really kind of a popular book. It seemed to get a lot of publicity, but I, it was, I didn't completely connect with the story but it was um so well done so easy to listen to because it was tom hanks but that yeah. was um ann patchett's book um the dutch house have you heard of that one i've heard of it. i've not read it yet i mean i didn't quite know what to expect the name the title is kind of misleading but yeah he makes the story like so fun to hmm. listen to that was one that i was kind of like meh about but yeah. um i listened to um a great really well-written book called Circe. It's a Greek tragedy. It's about the Greek 
was she a demigod or goddess? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I hadn't haven't done a ton of Greek mythology yeah. books except for <laughs> Percy Jackson. I read that actually like the whole series in like a week when I was pregnant with Claire, our oh, middle yeah. daughter. I was like so sick, laid out, and Chase was like planted our oldest in front of PBS Kids, and I was reading Percy Aww. Jackson to take my mind off of how horrible I was feeling. Aww. Anyway, but but this book was very different. I mean, those are you know kid books, but this one this. Seriously, book it was um it's really beautifully written and I love the ending and that was a fun one to listen to and I was reading that one simultaneous or listen to, listening to that one simultaneously with this other book that we're going to talk about and it was a good balance <laughs> yeah. because you know the Greek tragedy <laughs> and the, the light-hearted drama <laughs> yeah. yeah how about but, you are you still listening to a lot of stuff for my library book club I feel like I find I listen to the books because they're ones that I don't typically they're not my style initially and so I think sometimes when I have an audiobook it gets me far enough into the story that I get hooked on it versus oh. if I were to read a physical copy I think it would just be hard to get through the first few pages or few chapters of something you know yeah. so I find I I like the audiobook for that and then also I'm usually kind of running late and so I can <laughs> with yeah. the, with a library book club book and so I'm like I can get through a little bit faster because I can do it while I'm doing chores or things like that um yeah, it's I'm just... impressed by that. I cannot multitask with audiobooks and I so wish that I could, you know, like yeah. let's let's, you know, fold this laundry and read and, you know, multitasking, <laughs> get two things done. I just can't I can only do one or the other. Like I find myself yeah. like holding a t shirt and like listening. <laughs> just like listening yeah. and getting nothing done. <laughs> so I think that's awesome. Yeah. 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 I read a lot of ebooks on my phone, actually. Oh, and some yeah. people say, like, how can you read on your phone? It's so small. But I mean I always have my phone with me and so it's just like Whenever I have downtime at, you know, the salon or just like random places waiting for my husband to be done with, you know, work or something, I can just always have a, like a book on my phone and I use the, the Libby app. I do love physical copy. I don't get over to the library very often. And in Colombia, they, they waived all the fines. I found that out. Yes. And here I've got like, oh, like $6 already in fines because okay. I just don't get over to the library. So I'm like, uh. I just need to not do that. Yeah. Catherine, you will die. I mean, you know, we've only lived here for a few months. Um, that's one of the main things I miss about Columbia, actually, is the library. Because we live less than a mile from there. My kids' school yeah, is right across the right street. There. Yeah. And I, like, feel like I raised my kids at that library. Yeah. Um, anyway, and the, yeah, the lack of late fees there is just golden. But yeah, yeah we have paid over $80 in oh late fees already, <laughs> Catherine. That is my one and only oh. New Year's resolution. Like, I, we will not have any more late fees because that is ridiculous. I'm yeah. like, we're going to need a plaque. And the McCall <laughs> family has <laughs> donated in their short time here this corner of the library exactly. but it's because there's five of us well I guess well, I yeah. should say there's four and a quarter of us getting books because <laughs> um yeah Devin doesn't contribute to that as much <laughs> but the rest of us are like stacks upon stacks of yeah. books but the one yeah. thing that is cool about one of the libraries here they have a drive-through pickup oh, that so is you can nice. put a book on hold and just pick it up and drive yeah. through and yeah so yeah. You'd think that that would mean that I could just drop off my books easily. No, that's not the case. <laughs> I miss the library there, actually. It was funny. We went to a library event and someone was saying, they're trying to advertise about donating to friends of the library. And they're like, we have one of the best libraries. I'm going to say we have the best library system in the state. And I was just like, looked at my husband and I was like, I have sampled my fair share of library systems in this state. And I'm like, mm -mm, no. <laughs> right. I still, my um, Libby app is still connected to 
my Columbia account because it's good for two years without expiring. And so a lot of times I'm just using their library catalog. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. So that is actually the only letdown that we've had since we moved. I wish I could, you know, like pass some sort of bond here in the area. (laughs) Like no more late fees. No, like, you know, pick it outside (laughs) the different libraries. To All the Boys I've Loved Before by Jenny Han is a young adult novel about Laura Jean Song Covey. As she enters her junior year, Laura Jean's life has a dramatic shift. Her older sister has gone to college overseas after breaking up with her longtime boyfriend, family friend, and Laura Jean's secret forbidden crush, Josh. Laura Jean has never had a relationship, but she has had many crushes. Her way to get over a crush is to write and address a letter to her crush, but never send the letter. Imagine her surprise to learn that her letters have gotten out and her crushes have now read these letters. Laura Jean finds herself navigating new relationships and evolving family dynamics while on a journey of self-discovery. Spoilers ahead. So when I gave you my list of books that I wanted to do for the podcast, what drew you to this one? So it was totally the cover. You know, it's like I always judge books by their cover. You know, that's like my first judgment. You know, I don't stop there, but I definitely make note of that. And there's this cute little girl on it who actually doesn't look very Asian to me, but I noticed the girl's last name who wrote it. I haven't Mm -hmm. even looked her up to see if she's Korean, but like I read it a few pages in and it mentions that the main family is mm-hmm. um, a family of these half Korean girls. And yeah. so that was so fun for me to hear since I've got my own little half Korean family here. And so I think that that was probably the main draw. Also, it was the shortest of the, um, yeah. I actually did download all of your book lists on Audible. Oh. <laughs> and that was the shortest one. <laughs> so there was that too. That was a good starting point. <laughs> That's good. When you, after you read the book, did you feel like, did you feel any connection about the Korean heritage? Like, in general, or you just kind of initially, it was kind of fun, but like, did it pan out for you with anything in specific, like specifically? Um, somewhat. So this is actually only the second book that I've ever read that had Korean characters in it. And that was fun. And it's, well, I guess the other book that I read was about a half Korean girl too, who had a Korean mom and she ends up going to Korea. And so I learned mm. so much about Korea there because I'm adopted. And so I don't really have, I never grew up with cultural ties to Korea and just in my adult adult life like I'm feeling more Korean now than ever and so I'm like learning more things about how you know I love food <laughs> I feel like I'm learning the most about the culture and connecting with the culture the most through the food <laughs> and then yeah. um other you know little tidbits here and there but um so that was fun in the book to kind of see what it was like for these girls to grow up without those super close Korean ties but with you know a bit of that connection and sense of identity because that's something that I'm realizing I need to be a little bit more purposeful about with our kids is Mm -hmm. what does you know how do they they identify with being half Korean and so I did identify with that and then it was as I was thinking about it I'm like what were like Korean things I related to some of them I was like I'm relating to this thing that these girls do. And I'm like, this might be a Korean thing. It might just be like a stereotypical girl thing or Mm -hmm. stereotypical Asian thing. But like funny things like the girls, like the older two girls had to take piano lessons. And Mm -hmm. so I keep, I've always heard like, oh yeah, you're Korean. Yeah. You had to learn piano. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's just like (laughs) par for the course. And then the sisters, they had so many cute things in their relationship. But the youngest, the youngest sister, Kitty was always, 
I guess Laura Jean would always ask her for braids, and that reminded me of my older sister and I. I am, let's see, eight years younger than her, but she would always have me braid her hair, and I realized that it was because I was, oh, this is another thing about this little sister really quick. Um, they were saying that um, she, they wanted her to learn to iron because she's like, well, I don't want to iron, but then the older sister's like, you might really like it because you appreciate precision and clean lines. And <laughs> I'm like, some of this is like kind of her like personality, like maybe perfectionism things. But I know some of these things can be like stereotypical Asian things also. Uh, yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah, that was like me as a kid. I was the one asked to do the braids for my older sister. And then I was the one who did the whole ironing stack because my mom's like, oh, she gets all the wrinkles out and all the lines straight. <laughs> so like funny things like that, that um, I related to yeah. with you know the characters that were just kind of fun because growing up there were a lot of things I'm like am I like this because I'm Korean or am I like this because I'm hmm. me or you know, yeah. you know just that fun nature versus nurture thing yeah you always so wonder I the, yeah, yeah I just, I, especially I, being adopted I imagine you wonder a lot more about what what traits are you are you pick are you carrying on from people that you've never met yeah. And people have mentioned to me like, oh, that thing you do is so Korean. And I'm like, it is like I have nothing to compare that huh, to. So in reading the book, that's been fun to see like, oh, you know, I I get that. Or, you know, that's totally something I do, too. Or, you know, so yeah. that was fun. You know, that whole sense of, I guess, any this is like so true for anybody when you, you know, find a character in a book that you really relate to. And and I guess, you know, I'm definitely feeling that as a minority, like, oh, you know, like, Oh, someone like me. I'm reading a book with someone like me. And it makes me excited for Claire to grow up and say, you know, to be able to say, oh, I here's a book about a girl who's half Asian and you can read it when you're 20 because I don't want you to. Right. <laughs> yeah. Some of the things might be a little, yeah. little much for middle school. Uh, yeah. That's school. just, you know, the mother in me that's like, <laughs> my daughter is only nine and I want her to stay nine and never experience any yes. of the things that these kids are experiencing. <laughs> so, you know, stick in the mud mom over here. But that's anyway. Funny. That's cool. Do you read a lot of young adult books at all? I think I've gone through phases where I have. Let's see. So I read, oh, so I love Shannon Hale. Are you familiar with her? Yeah, I am. So I read her Goose Girl book first. Yeah. And I think those are geared more towards probably like young adult. But then her juvenile books are probably like Princess Academy. Did you read that series? Uh-uh, I never read that one. No. Nope. Okay, I love those, especially since you're having a daughter. Those are like great girl power kind of books, I think. Okay. <laughs> and I really like the perspective in them, and I'm so excited for Claire to read them. So I've read those, and those are some of my favorites. And then I ended up reading, um, have you heard of the series that was like fairy tale characters that were kind of written in a modern sense? Or modern setting, like there was one called Cinder. Yeah. And it, and then I can't remember all the characters that were redone. Definitely a yeah. Cinderella character, and um, and that one was like written in like a futuristic kind of. She's yeah. like a cyborg, and okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I I enjoyed those. Those were recommended to me. I feel like I read them when they're recommended by someone else. I haven't okay. like perused that section, <laughs> you know, the right, library myself. Right. I feel like I've read. I've. I read a lot of young adult for some reason. I also think it's just because like it, there's a lot of young adult romances and I tend to gravitate towards romances in general. And so I feel like I've read a lot of young adult. I, but I feel like one of the themes that is in this book and also in a lot of YA books are just really about the nature of relationships and how they change and evolve as we grow up. And I think it's about, I think that a lot of times is what the theme of the book is when it's young adult. You're, you're, it's this time of, you know, you're becoming an adult, you're becoming, you're in high school or, or middle school or whatever, and you're 
kind of grappling with new emotions and new independence and all these things. So they kind of, as we grow up and new relationships shape us. And I just wondered what you thought about some of the relationships in the book. One of the characters who was present but not present was the mom um, because she had died. What do you, how do you feel like that was sort of impactful on these girls' lives? And how did their relationship with their mom change as they grew older? Yeah. Oh, I love your perspective on relationships in books and especially young adult books. Like, I feel like that's what really shined in this one for sure. And so, um, and that was because I'm thinking, you know, of my mother-daughter relationship, or I thought of it a lot as I was reading this book. I really loved thinking about the significance that their mom held in their life. And I think it had a huge impact on um, how the girls interacted with each other. Like, they don't mm-hmm. really mention it until the end of the book. Um they talk about their relationships prior to their mom dying. And then after, like I, the older two girls say that they never got along, that they were always, you know, like yeah. kind of against each other. Even And um, then they talk about how um, after their mom died, then they realized that they needed to, I, I think it just draws them together. And they remember their mom saying like, you need to take care of your youngest sister. And they felt like after their mom passed away, I love the part when they say we did it because we wanted to, not because we had to at that Mm -hmm. point. And so I really love the way that it made those girls kind of um, the the way they really felt like they needed to band together and be there for each other in a much deeper way. Um, Something that I thought was interesting is that there's like, in one sense, there's like no helicopter parenting there from a mother yeah. <laughs> um, because that's something that I'm like always trying to grapple with and balance in my own parenting mm-hmm. style. <laughs> but so I'm like, <laughs> these girls had all this space to become themselves. And so, but their mother was like indirectly there mm-hmm. also because they remembered the things that their mom said and they really held those words close. Like um, mm-hmm. even at the beginning, they say like, their mom said that she would always be a song girl because that's her maiden name. And then Mm -hmm. it says like Margot, the oldest says, so then that's who we need to be too. We need to, um, we should always be song girls. I think it was neat to see how the girls respond to each other as they get older. Like I feel like Margot always felt like she needed to be the most motherly and Mm -hmm. responsible. And I think it was hard for her to go away to college and not be filling that role at home and to like be her own self and then um it was neat to see how like Laura Jean tries to step in and Mm -hmm. how she has to realize that she's not going to be able to do things the way Margot did to take care of her younger sister and I feel like Kitty's personality is like so fun right like she's so um I love that you like describe her as stubborn and fierce right yes and I was wondering like if part of her personality is like that youngest in this sister's motherly setting is her like establishing independence from her sisters like yeah. look I don't need you always you know right. here for me telling you so I don't know a lot of I yeah I, that was what I really one thing I loved about this book was the interpersonal relationships and how they um, affected each other like I think Margot had all this pressure to be like the mom and I think she had this pressure that she was kind of putting on Laura Jean too to say well you need to take in this role of being the mom but you know Laura Jean is saying like no I'm gonna like I have to do it differently I have to be myself we can't just keep up this this role of this you know the pressure of trying to fill the shoes and it was kind of interesting the dad was kind of it was interesting because he's an OBGYN so I always whenever I have a you know physician 
father person. I always think, you know, about my husband, he's going to be a physician. And it was just kind of interesting to think like he was just so, I mean, he was trying his best, but he was also like just really hands off. And then I think, you know, he had to grow up a little bit too when Margot left because she was taking care of so many of the things. And I think maybe, you know, kind of enabling him to be maybe a little less, less present than he, he should, maybe none of should, but he, than he was before. So. Yes. Yeah. Cause it's almost like they've got this type of thing, you know, like I'm going to let them do their thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. I appreciated so many ways that they expressed that the father had so much interest in the kids and cared about them, but also gave them a lot of space too with certain things that were going on. But it seems like he was, they knew that they could depend on him and he did step in when needed type of thing. I had to laugh at some of the conversations like at the end of the book. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And especially like I I watched the movie too. And so there were some, you had watched that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to see how they, some things that they had the dad say and do in the movie versus the book but yeah so <laughs> I like the I like the dad in this one so I appreciated the difference the way they wrote each character so differently each of those sisters did you find any similarities to relationships that you've had in your life that have evolved and changed as you've gotten older yeah for sure like in the in my family growing up I've always kind of like wondered about my place as like the third of four kids and how that's kind of changed. Have you ever read the book Birth Order or any books about like I haven't, Birth Order? No. So I have heard about that book and I haven't um, gotten around to reading it. Sometimes I hesitate because I'm like, I don't want to put myself or people in a box based on, you know, certain, yeah. you know, you know, based on your birth order. I just like the way it worked out in our family is um, there's my two older siblings are just a couple of years apart. And then there's a big eight year gap because my, that's why I'm adopted because my parents thought they couldn't have more kids. And so along I came and I had that experience of like being the youngest and having mm-hmm. all this attention and there was all the anticipation. And then my younger sister came along. She was a surprise. She's about oh, just shy of four years younger than me. And I remember like real middle child feelings as like a small child. Yeah. <laughs> the sense of like, okay, no, I, I need to, I need this attention back, you know, and <laughs> wait a minute, this little sister is getting all this attention. Um, but then when my older sister and brother went away to college and were gone out of the house, then I was the oldest. And mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden, all of that responsibility was falling to me at home. And I just think it's so interesting how our dynamics change and our families that we grow up with. And isn't it so nice when you can get to the point where you, I guess, once you reach certain stages of adulthood when you can kind of things level out and it's almost like you feel more like your peers with your siblings and I guess the time that I thought it was most significant when I'm like oh people really are in my family are like I can when I realized that like my parents were taking were willing to listen to my ideas and (laughs) advice you know Mm -hmm. that sort of thing then Mm -hmm. it's like oh those dynamics are are shifting and it yeah um I'm like I I, I'm adulting you know (laughs) that type of thing but yeah yeah but I feel like I thought a lot about like how friendships um change over time because I feel like you know your family you are we're forever forever connected to in one way or the other for better or for worse and you know whatever you're working through (laughs) or you know however close you might be you still you know they're your family you have those ties but friendships um I feel like sometimes 
so often have their significance in a time or place. And it, something that I've honestly struggled with is like recognizing that we have to be able, it's okay to move on and move apart. Whereas like personally, I just have like this heart that just like holds everyone in and thinks that like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we, we have that same closeness no matter how much time has passed or how yeah. many miles are between us. So, <laughs> so I, yeah, I liked those with how they kind of touch on that in the book a lot with friendships yeah. and family. That's how about you? Yeah, I think of my own family because I'm, we have a big family. There's eight kids and I'm number six. And I think I had that same experience that you're talking about of being kind of the youngest, being kind of in the middle and then being kind of one of the older kids as everyone kind of left the nest. And then I think it's also just like, it's taken me some time to really feel, maybe everyone feels this way, but like to feel like you were saying like a real adult, you know, feeling like I'm kind of in this pecking order, you know, by default that has been kind of established over time. But then you know, what, what I think there's became a point somewhere, I think around age 30, where it was just like, no, like I'm, a, I'm a full, I'm a full fledged adult. I can do whatever I want. You know, like <laughs> yes. I can make decisions for myself. I don't have to think, you know, it just sounds kind of stupid because I was always making decisions. Oh, for I don't before. think so at all. <laughs> but with <laughs> but the, just one thing when context, everyone is yeah. yeah, acknowledging that for you, right? Yeah, definitely. So I think there's that. And then also thinking about my relationship with my siblings has changed over time. You know, I think there was an animosity a little bit when we were growing up to a certain extent and kind of navigating into what does friendship look like and what does, what does it mean to be connected? And, and we're definitely not, I'm not like uber, uber close with each of my siblings, but we're close enough that I feel like we can reach out to each other and talk to each other about things. And so it's just one of those, it's kind of interesting how that has changed. I really have valued a lot of friendships that I've had over the years that, you know, most of my friends at this point are long distance from me because we've, we've moved now so much. So it is kind of fun to be able to reach back out to those folks and, and kind of pick up where you left off. And, and maybe it's, when you pick it back up, it's a little bit, doesn't fit quite the same way, but it still is, it's still there. <laughs> the yes. core of the friendship is still there. Yeah. And we can kind of learn where we are when we, when we meet each other again. Right. Yeah. And I love that that when that significance can still hold that like you care for each other because of the, you know, the significance of your relationship from whatever point in time. Yeah. I, I love that. And I feel like that's partially why family relationships are so strong because of their level of significance. And, and like, so our family is actually pretty um, disconnected, but I feel like they are they're like we're not lost to each other mm -hmm. in spite of whatever is you know family drama happens to be going on at that moment right. <laughs> but yeah so um I I love when you just have you know whatever it was at a certain time in your life and you connect with someone and then you just will care for them from then on regardless and even some friendships it's like you can still just like still give them that value for what it was when it mm -hmm. was, even if you don't ever reconnect. So just because this is a YA book, and of course it, we, it's high school and teenagers, but do you think there's anything special about that first love? Like, I feel like there's always this, and YA books, you know, they they stop before they actually go out of college most of the time. Um, so you don't get to see them in a relationship, but it seems like that high school love is so transient, but people put this kind of stock. I feel like Laura Jean kind of put stock in that first love. Do you, do you find that rings true for you now that, you know, looking back as an adult? Yeah. Isn't that funny? The perspective you have, thank goodness. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't think that I personally 
feel that? Well, this is probably just because that wasn't my experience. Like I didn't have any relationships with boys that were that like long lasting or significant mm-hmm. in high school or not even until like I didn't even really have like a boyfriend until my senior year of high school. And then mm-hmm. it wasn't even like that close of a relationship you know like we didn't date long enough to like really build anything that felt like super significant and same even like in early college I just I don't uh-huh. know I used to I would get bored and want to hang out with my other <laughs> friends I don't know <laughs> anyway but yeah. I feel like it's interesting like I feel like as you're growing up I feel like it's like all about your crushes so often <laughs> and and they touch on this in the book it's like you just like I feel like fall in love with the idea of someone or mm-hmm. something with someone versus like crushes versus relationships and so I feel like for people when they do have that first love and if they get to that point in the relationship where they really do know each other beyond just like a I don't know like a short fling or a short you know I don't know just like on the surface then I think that there is significance to that first relationship and and then I think I, I mean I have heard of people who sometimes can have a hard time letting go of that for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice when you can just appreciate that for what it was when it was in that time. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think it kind of was. So I will say I really liked. Um, I really identified with Laura Jean in a lot of ways in her social life because um, I totally was that person making cookies on Friday night and hanging out with my younger siblings. We were really close, and I didn't really go out most weekends. And as I didn't really date either until I was like a senior in high school. But I do think the people, like the first crushes that I had, and first not even relationships would be a strong word. I think they did kind of give me practice and kind of gave me perspective on things, you know, as I went forward into into actual relationships. But definitely not something that I put a lot of stock in or like yeah. if I were to meet those people today, like I don't think that there would be any kind of spark or like it would just be like, oh yeah, like we were the same age, you know, yeah. in the same place a long time ago. Yeah. And we had fun. I don't know that I really buy the whole first love thing. I think especially having been, you know, we've been married for 12 years almost. And so like I feel like that's like that's just it's a different perspective than Oh yeah. Then the kind of fleeting moments of high school, which were really fun and young college were really, really fun, of course. Yeah, but, they have um, their place and importance. Yes. Yeah. And I learned from them and I think they taught me what I like and don't like in a relationship, but definitely not something that I feel is super <laughs> meaningful in my life today. Right. I agree with you there. Yeah, and, and I feel like a lot of that is just kind of from the benefit of experience and years in marriage, like you're saying, because it's one thing to call that like first love it's like how much how deep was that love you know when you think about like the deep love you have for a spouse when you you know know each other inside and out from so many years and have been through so many things and so yeah so that's just yeah one of those you know benefits of you know getting (laughs) older that which I feel like we don't talk about enough in life you know and so and one of those things that when you're you know, in your youth, more youthful years, you know, teenage years and such, it's like so hard to fathom that. Like when people talk about it, or you think about being people being married for so many years and celebrating it, it's hard to like really grasp what that means. Did you feel like Laura Jean's high school experience resonated with you as being realistic? Because sometimes I feel like I read YA books and it's like, it just isn't realistic to me. Like there are partying and I would, you know, I wasn't in the party scene and, or they're just like, have all this freedom and independence that I had some freedom and independence, but not like the level that they had. What do you think about this book? Did you feel like it was a realistic portrayal of high school life? 
Right. I think that it came pretty darn close in a lot of ways. I um I feel like for myself, it wasn't necessarily more so because I feel like I was not super social in my high, within my high school. And I think a lot of it was kind of because I, I didn't have like a, like a set group there. It's like I had friends and I was act, you know, active in certain things and, you know, did some clubs and had teams and sports and such, but like, I didn't have any like super tight, like my closest friends were not in high school. So from that, it was almost like, you know, fun to see another way that it could go when they, high school is portrayed in entertainment. It is kind of like dreamy the way they make it. Like kids would be like, oh, I wish my social life were that way or whatever it is. And so I do really like that they make Lara Jean. I, I don't know that I would call her an introvert, but at the same time, she doesn't, you know, feel like she has to be a part of any particular, mm -hmm. you know, activity or group where she's missing out or things like right. that. But yeah, so um, in some senses, yes. And per so just for me personally, I don't necessarily feel like I was like, oh, that mirrored my experience either. Right. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. yeah, no, I think she, they did a good job of her being really independent and she wasn't ashamed of her, her independence either. It seemed like, it seemed like when she kind of got caught in this web of the love triangle slash square slash octagon <laughs> that she kind of created. Um, <laughs> yes. it, it was unique for her and an interesting experience and it was different for her. And I think she it helped her grow in different ways, but I don't think she was feeling like she was not, um, I think she was missing some of the close relationships that she'd had over the years. And she was definitely missing Margot and that mentorship that she had. But I feel like she was still really confident and independent in her own independence. Yeah, I really liked her character. I feel like they wrote her so well in the sense that she was really true to herself in all these settings and kind of went along with things to just her own, you know, while staying true to herself. Does that make sense? Right. Like different social settings, you know, like yeah. she wasn't afraid to be like, you know, I don't feel like going to that party. Mm -hmm. um, that just doesn't feel like you know what I'm up for or my scene tonight but yeah like we can stop and grab a bite to eat and chat yeah. there or, you know things like that so I like that that they because um, I feel like sometimes in as in teenage years when you're trying to figure out who you are and who you want to be like and people like it's so easy can be so easy to compromise yourself and get lost in you know following one person or one you know, activity or another and not be so sure with, you know, what you really are about, like what matters to you or um, kind of how you want to be. And I liked that a lot about Lara Jean that she seems to have like, you know, her mm -hmm. own sense in a lot of ways that yeah. she's not, like you said, not ashamed to follow. So I want to talk a little bit about the letters. <laughs> so when you were reading the book, did you have a guess on who had sent the letters out or how they had gotten out? Um, no, I mean, I just kind of went along. I didn't ever like hone in on that too much, like wondering all the yeah. way through. <laughs> and, um, so I was surprised at the end when we find out, but, um, I think I kind of just went along with, you know, the beginning, like, oh, the box got donated and sure. someone found them and just <laughs> sent them, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of going along with the premise, just yes. it needed to happen for, to make the book interesting or to make the book happen. What about you though? Did you, I, I had a guess have... of Kitty sending them Did out you? because nice. it happened right after they had a big fight. And so I was like, yes. I wonder if Kitty sent them. Nice. But I wasn't sure. Cause I, they did a good job of obscuring 
it for a little while. So you didn't absolutely know, but what do you think? Why do you think that Laura Jean addressed them? I mean, she could have written a letter and had it be not addressed. She could have, I mean, she could have done a lot of things, but what made her address those letters? Part of me thinks it was, you know, for the convenience of the story, yeah. <laughs> story writing. But also I was thinking like, maybe it's because like she wished she really could let those no- boys know how she really felt and like mm-hmm. fully writing and addressing those letters, like as close as she could get to that. I don't know yeah. if that's the best I've got, <laughs> but I mean, have you ever done that before? Like, have you heard of people saying like, whatever you want to express this person, like you write the email and then just don't yeah. send it. Have you tried that? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I've done a little bit. I've probably written like, in, cause I probably would write it in my journal or something. Oh where yeah. I say like, okay, this is what I'm feeling, but then not ever let anyone see that. But it is therapeutic. To I was just going to say, thinking. yes, got to get it out. Uh, yeah. Cause then it doesn't simmer. Yeah. I like that aspect of the book too. That's like saying like, write your feelings, put it out there and then let yourself move forward. So I have a lot of curiosity about the other letters that we didn't read. I think we read like two or three of the letters that, or maybe three, I think three of the letters that she had sent out. I don't know if they're going to talk about it maybe in a different novel. Like, cause have you read the sequel to this? There's a sequel and maybe a third. Right. One there's this. two. Yeah. So what's yeah. funny is I have reserved both of those and oh, um, they sat on my shelf <laughs> and cause I, you know, didn't get around to reading them and reading your other books. And um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I paid some hefty yeah. fees on that was those. Part of $80. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and read those just because <laughs> no, but like talking about this with you, I'm like, I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, I, we never got to read the full letter that she sent to Josh, which I'm curious what she wrote. Yeah. And we also never, they talked about this John Ambrose McLaren. He seemed to not have received the letter. So, or we don't know exactly what happened to it. So I kind of, I want to know more about these letters and, and where they lead her. Okay. So you didn't watch the movie then, huh? I didn't. Okay. I haven't watched it yet. Do I so, do more about that there? Do you, can I give you a little tidbit? Sure. Yeah. Little <laughs> well, tidbit. just at the end, I'm pretty sure that they end the movie with someone ringing the doorbell and they open the door and it's some random boy. And I'm pretty sure it's him. Okay. <laughs> He's like dressed in like, you know, like a little blazer and he has like flowers. And oh, so I think there, yeah, I think he comes into play later. Okay. Um, yeah. Based on that. Because they did have that like kind of funny moment where she goes to see him at some model UN competition and like they recognize each other and then she just like bolts. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, that was a nice setup, right? Yeah. <laughs> for no, that was for more to yeah. come. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to read the, the the other books and to watch the Netflix. I think they're also going to make a Netflix movie or another movie of the second book as well. I think that's coming out. Yeah. Devin year. literally just told me about that like an hour ago. He that's said so that cool. um, it comes out like mid-February. Oh, cool. That's perfect. Yeah. Time. Were you on Team Peter or Team Josh? Oh, I was Peter for sure. Why? Yeah. I was curious about Josh, like where that would go. And I think at some when I was first reading the book that I wasn't sure as much because there were things I liked about Josh a little bit more than I liked mm-hmm. about Peter. But then as yeah. the book wore on, I mean, obviously her feelings develop and change. But I I always struggled with Josh and his, how close he and Margot were. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I thought that that would just be too crazy. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't, wasn't on board with him dating both siblings. Yeah. Do you think that would have been disloyal of Laura Jean to date Josh? Or do you feel like it just would have been weird? Well, yeah, the word that came to my mind was betrayal to your sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which my sister is so much older and I than 
my sister's eight years older than I, my older sister, and then my younger sister is, you know, we were, she's, there's a four-year gap there, but I, so I couldn't even, like, begin to think, like, would that have ever occurred but it was mm-hmm. so funny because I remember being like Kitty and being like my sister and her the boy she hangs out with and her boyfriend or whatever he's so cute and I love mm-hmm. you know like when I get to pal around with them yeah I, I think that that would have been weird and um disloyal yeah <laughs> how about you I don't I don't know I mean part of me says like I don't know if they're no longer dating and it's a mutual breakup like it's fair game but I think maybe for me it should be more like weird like, it would be weird yeah. to be in a relationship with somebody who was in a relationship with your sister. I have three other sisters, but I'm seven years younger and eight years older than my nearest sisters. Oh, so yeah. we wouldn't be in the date, same dating pool right. as it was. Same. Yeah. So it's hard to say. So, But I do think it's just kind of weird. I also think that Josh was so wanting to preserve Laura Jean as she was and wasn't really looking for her to grow. I don't know. I just didn't feel like he was really taking, if he really liked Laura Jean, he wasn't taking risks on her. He wasn't allowing her to be the person that she was growing into be. He kind of wanted things to be the same and stay the same as if Margaret was there, you know, kind of like be stagnant. I mean, I did like the element that they, she wrote, you know, the author wrote that, um, that Josh had had feelings for Laura Jean at, Mm -hmm. you know, earlier on. Yeah. That made it yes. interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. And there were a lot of things about Josh that I really liked about his character that made it yeah. me want to like root for him a little bit. But I felt like it was all too like too soon. And I totally agree with what you were saying with Josh, like wanting not wanting things to change. It's almost like it was hard for him to let Margot go and move on. And mm-hmm. he like didn't want to lose. That was like his last maybe hook is like, oh, if I can connect with Laura Jean and yeah. we can establish, you know, like a stronger relationship or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But that was kind of a funny, yeah, I love when you're like, um, love um, quadrangle or, you know, yeah. gone or whatever's <laughs> happening there. Yeah. That yeah. got kind of complex. <laughs> it was. Yeah. yeah. It was really funny. I don't, I wrote this and I can't remember why I wrote it because I, <laughs> I wrote this a little while ago, but I said, how do you feel about the way that Peter treated Lara Jean? And I'm trying to remember, I think, I feel like he was kind of, he, like Josh was this sort of like ultimate kind and doing everything for the family and just yeah. like kind of almost groveling for, over their family and peter just kind of had this you know more more just more aggressive caustic side to him a little bit comparatively yeah, yeah. i feel like some of the times he wasn't always as as kind as he should be yes <laughs> i don't know if you felt yeah. that way no i did there were certain things like the way he would say something i'm like oh <laughs> you know like um i don't I, i'm like i hope she doesn't give in to that type of thing you know right. like there were times when he would like almost like give her a command and right. I don't know that he was you know necessarily thinking like I'm in charge here I may, I call all the shots but he was you know very forward in that sense and he's that way from the start and um so yeah so there were times when I was like ah, I don't love the way he's treating her saying that but then I was also thinking like there's a way that you could read that and you could change the tone of it Mm-hmm. Where it could be more like playful or it could yeah. be like, whoa, buddy, like, you know, you just, you know, that's not how relationships need to be. You're yeah. not calling all those shots there, just, you know, telling right. her how to be and where to go and what to do for you. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, there are some <laughs> things that he says that it's like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you asked me what my favorite part of the book was. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, but then 
um, I made this little list of things that I loved. <laughs> and so I think my, I, my favorite part is the relationships because that's what I focused on mm-hmm. a lot. And when I watched the movie, that was one thing that was hard for me. I realized, you know, sometimes when you think about like watching the movie and the, the way they bring things to life, it's like, yeah, the book is always better. And yeah. I don't always pinpoint what I like better about the book, but it was easy in this one because it's, um, because it's a, you know, YA genre, there were things that I wasn't like buying into as much that mm-hmm. they would like highlight in the production of the movie that, you know, I feel like the movie got like a lot of really positive feedback and a lot of people really liked how it was done and their casting and everything. And um, I totally see what's likable about it. I feel like it's the girls. I really liked their interactions with each other. And I really thought that Laura Jean was such an awesome main character because she seems so real. I love that she's, you know, so flawed. But the, um, mm-hmm. like I was thinking about, there was one thing I really liked. She said when they were talking about their just settling their fake relationship, and then mm-hmm. um, they give Kitty a ride to school, and Peter says, you know, that they're dating or whatever, and and she's like, wait, we're lying to our families now. Like I thought this was just a lying at school thing, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's so. You know, I like that she thinks like, okay, no, like this is who I am and I'm going to be my my true self with my family first, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. um, But then at the same time, she totally like talks about how she used to lie and make up things all the time yeah. and, and how she kind of does kind of lie to kind of slide through some, you know, scenarios yeah. that pop up in the book. And so I'm like, okay, so she's just like, you know, still an immature teenage girl. And right. so I like how she's, I feel like she's super relatable, but a strong character for young girls to read about because Mm -hmm. there are so many things that she does just because she likes them herself she's not necessarily following a trend but she just seems like in her core a good girl so I you know I like her a lot that was a really fun book I enjoyed I always just enjoy I think the same thing like relationships I enjoy I'm a big romance you know obviously buff I people know that about me I I just enjoy kind of watching that unfold in kind of a high school way. And and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's cute. And there's a lot of impracticalities yes. about it, obviously things that like my mom, <laughs> she's really funny. She's listening to this and in the car, I was with her a couple weekends ago and she's just like, Oh my goodness, Laura Jean, you need to like, just like get a hold of yourself. You know? <laughs> she was kind of impatient with her. I think uh-huh. you know, like you haven't read a lot of why I have you mom. Yeah. You know? like, this is how it is. Yes. Um, but I just think it's kind of fun to see that and kind of, you know, as I said, I, I, rec- I kind of identified with her social life and kind of learning how, you know, kind of a little bit late, later bloom, a late bloomer in terms of relationships with people with, with romantic relationships. And so I, I kind of identified in that way. So it's kind of fun to see her, you know, think that she had this long, long crush on this one boy and idolizing him and then finding another, a new set of qualities that she found attractive and interesting. And that was kind of a fun thing to see unravel. So something that I really liked about the book that was fun. I mean, I guess, guess this is YA too, but I loved the way she wrote a lot of things about Peter that kind of make him so dreamy, you know, when they always talk about how mm-hmm. handsome he is. But one part I loved, I wrote, I guess since she sees him for the first time one day and they are like, he deserves background music. He looks so good. And like yeah. all these like clever little fun things. Like I feel like yeah. it was a fun, well-written book, including the dramatics. There were times where I'm like, oh, Oh, so dramatic, <laughs> but it was, and her, but it was well written that it was not like, uh, I wasn't rolling my eyes, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah, I feel like 
she's a talented writer this little Jenny Han got to find out more about her <laughs> yeah no I definitely I definitely see myself reading um, the sequels to these book to this book yeah. and then um, also checking out the Netflix movies because I'm really um, excited to do that so yeah I will tell you I, I thought Peter was very well cast he is super really? cute in the Netflix <laughs> movies yeah oh have you read anything by Brene Brown yes I read Daring Greatly Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so she has a book about belonging, the idea of belonging, and it's called Braving the Wilderness. Have you heard okay. of that one? I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I think you could appreciate it. So it was a book club choice for my new book club here. And it was so fun to read since I was new to this area and thinking about how I feel about this sense of belonging, realizing like the move for me was no big deal. And I was trying to remember that each of us were going to feel something, respond differently to the move. But I, I feel like I, a lot of things in that Brene Brown book resonated with me because I realized, you know, I, I know where I belong and who I belong to, but like, I am ultimately just, you know, who I am regardless of what setting I'm in. But so she, in the book though, with these girls, um, there's a section where Lara Jean is talking about how she feels like Margot would say she belongs to herself. Kitty would say she belongs to no one. And then Lara Jean is saying, and I guess I would say I belong to my sisters and my dad, but okay. that won't always be true. To belong to someone, I didn't yeah. know it. Yeah, she's talking about like then when you are somebody's and to have them be yours. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I just like that they are kind of, that she highlights that a bit in the story of that sense of belonging, especially mm -hmm. for this, you know, YA group that she's writing to because isn't that like what so many people are trying to figure out like I want to belong in this group or be perceived this way or these are my people because of this or that and realizing that like the sense of belonging how that just changes in you know so many ways throughout our life in different settings and um, the significance of really like strong ties in certain relationships that give us enough security to become who we can with that security of belonging with people and then to ourselves. So now is the part of the show where I like to give some recommendations to our listeners. And so I thought I'd ask you saying, what are you loving lately? Okay. So there's a lot of buzz about Disney plus these days. I feel like since it's, you know, new, have you, um, have you guys gotten that or have you watched anything on it? I have heard, not. Like talked about it with many people. <laughs> Okay, yeah. But I was going to say, I feel like it, it. But I have not gotten into it. Yeah. So uh, there's just one movie on there that I, we just watched that I'm like, everyone needs to know this fun story. Like, it's just a great one. So there's a movie called Togo on there and it's, and it's Blood Dog Story. And it's based on a true story from like early 1900s, maybe about a hundred years or so ago. And it's really well done. And I, I mean, mainly about a dog but our whole family watched it and our youngest is you know almost four and then you know up to Devin and I, I mean we've got you know nine-year-old girl or yeah she and I no eight eight-year-old girl sorry 12 <laughs> year old boy who it's hard to find like a family movie we'll all enjoy but yeah. all of us really liked yeah. it it has some um fun thematic elements of like you're on the edge of your seat and then um it has a like a neat adventure side to it and then some neat twists with this dog that are significant and then it's got this beautiful like you know Alaskan scenery which I feel like is fun during winter to 
watch movies that have those snowy scenes. Mm -hmm. So that is one that I would highly recommend to people, regardless of, you know, your age or anything like that. Or I think that's one that's a crowd pleaser. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fun. The, yeah. the ending is key. So. <laughs> that's good well it's always fun to find a movie that the whole family can enjoy because that is tough to do yeah we haven't really gotten into disney plus yet but at this point i'm only willing to pay for one thing and i think netflix has more um of what we're looking for but yes, content, um, yeah definitely probably in the future i can imagine that we'll be <laughs> needing some disney movies yeah um, so i can totally see that so that's really exciting that's really fun yeah. and i think i still i think my sister shared her password with me if i really wanted to you know jump you, on <laughs> that one is worth checking out i'm That's really good yeah i would really encourage you to take advantage of that for togo <laughs> <laughs> yeah to be honest i was like we have enough like disney movies laying around like do we really yeah. need this but Devin was so excited to get it and um i think it's because of those superhero movies yeah we've been the, yeah. yeah re-watching some of those and that's been kind of fun like we've been re-watching them in order of release and um some of those like first iron man like i can't remember the last time i watched that but that was that's a good one so yeah that's, that's another really great. yes this, so it's that's some more grown-up content i guess on it so i'm totally digging well i i watched the whole series of this netflix series um called virgin river and the name sounded really familiar to me because there's this romance novel series based in a town in Northern California, a fictional town called Virgin River. And then I saw that it was based off of these novels by Robin Carr. And I was like, oh, I have to watch these because I just, I, you know, there's like 30 novels in this series and you don't have to read any of them in order. They're just basically um, really fun novels. And everybody is like a veteran and everybody has a, you know, some sort of helping profession, like teachers, nurses, pastors, doctors, you know, everyone's kind of helping each other out. It's this real cozy, small town community feel. So I, I love, I love that, but it's this, there's like a few, I don't remember how many episodes there were, maybe, maybe 10 or 12 episodes on Netflix. Um, there, and I heard they're doing a season two, but it's just kind of like, it's kind of like a soap opera, I guess, really, but it's just kind of just, just cozy. And I love the scenery. Of course, they're in the mountains of Northern California with all these huge, I guess they're redwood, redwood trees or something, yeah. but you know, um, it's just really, what, really pretty. What's so, the, um, time setting, the era for it's it? It's modern. Oh, okay. I keep yeah. thinking it's like so older. The community helps each other out. And of course there's romance in it, but yes, um. it's just so fun. I love that too. I love those yeah. great little romance elements myself also so i'm with yes. you there <laughs> yeah it's been such a pleasure to talk with you saying thank you so much for coming on the podcast and thanks to each of you for tuning into this episode of infinitely before a book next month's book is plain truth by jody picot you can reach out to me by email at infinitely before a book at gmail.com or on instagram at infinitely before a book 